This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Hey, it's Parker with Upbeat, and I'm joined today with Mackenzie Tiggs. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing today, Parker? Doing great. Hey, and thanks for joining me on Upbeat. I know we, we all live really busy schedules, and we're kind of middle of the afternoon right now, so thanks for carving out some time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super privileged to come on and have you asked uh, to be a guest. So I'm I'm super stoked to be here. Yeah, I'm and I'm excited to be on your podcast soon. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. As, as well. Absolutely. And if you don't mind, just to kind of to kick off here, uh, sharing a little bit about your podcast. Uh, what is that, and what is what's it about? Just to break it down to the listeners. Yeah, so my podcast is called Raw Thoughts Podcast. Um, It's really bringing individuals on and sharing their stories. So a lot of um, sensitive subjects get brought up, suicide, um, you know, miscarriages, like everything that you could think of that doesn't want to be talked about. I love talking about that. I love sharing people's experiences and just having a raw conversation. And to be raw means to be real, authentic, and willing to share. Um, I have a, a very extensive background in EMS, being a paramedic, going to these suicides, going to these people in crises, and um, just have a love for people and know that they they just need some space to be able to share their stories, what they've gone through, and not have to deal with the bullshit of social media, always promoting you know the best side of our lives um, and letting people people know that they are not alone. So um, I, I record two episodes a week. One is with a guest and then I just uh, expanded into doing one by myself. Um, so really big things coming with that. And I absolutely love it. Awesome. Well, yeah, those are big things. And I, I hope we kind of get more into that today too, just kind of dissecting your story a little bit. But I guess initially getting into being uh, working with EMS and being a paramedic, what inspired you to pursue that career in the first place? Yeah, so I um, I was engulfed in it. My mom was a 911 dispatcher. My dad was a paramedic. All of my aunts and uncles who I call are, are police officers. I was always at the fire station. Um, I just was, that was the environment that I was around. I never really thought that I wanted to be in that. I thought maybe a police officer, a counselor, detectives. Um, so I had gone to uh you know, community college, got my um, associates in psychology. And I was just like, counseling is not my thing. Like, I just people have to want it. And there's not a lot of people that are like out there searching and actually taking actual items. Um, So that kind of got me directed into the EMT. I did wildland firefighting. Um, My very first wildfire I went to, there was actually a helicopter crash that we we came across. Um, So help those three individuals, they all survived. And that's really where I was like, you know what, this medical thing is really cool. Um, And I enjoyed that a lot more than the fire side. I still loved wildland firefighting, traveling, seeing parts of states that most people don't get to see. Um, but there was just a really, really kind of knack for the the paramedic side. So I extended into that, um, got uh, you know my paramedic license, continued in being a paramedic for several years. Um, and then what really kind of transitioned in my life was um, we were paid underneath of a hospital and then it got taken back uh, to being paid by the county. With that, there was almost $20,000 pay cut. Um, our schedules were changed. Our pay cut was changed. Um, it just was so many things transpiring. I had gone back and got my bachelor's in psychology um, and just knew like it, it was a toxic environment that I was around. 
Um, the leadership was poor and I just knew there was something else. And so in transition, I actually got uh, my real estate license and, and that's what I do full time now um, outside of the podcast. But I always get drawn back to our first responders, the things that we see, I've endured, the experiences that you just are there on people's worst days. And what does that do to us mentally? What does that do to us in our own personal lives? And really bringing that to the forefront. Not many people understand what it is that we actually do and what's asked of us and that people willingly do every single day. And So having that experience, having that knowledge as well of the psychology, the first responder, and enduring it, enduring these calls and how traumatic they can be, um, on top of it, the admin, the schedule, the pay, like there's so many different things that go into that. So how I got into it, I just was kind of engulfed into it. Um, I still just, you know, I, I enjoy it, but I enjoy parts other than being on the ambulance. I love getting to speak to our first responders. I love getting to interview our first responders and coaching them and and having classes that I instruct for them. Um, I'm just gifted in a way that I'm not supposed to be on the ambulance anymore. I'm supposed to be helping them and help save their lives. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for that breakdown. And there's a lot to uh, that I kind of relate to, like personally, because not as much as you, but I became a CNA for six years and um, I did not 911 dispatch, but uh, dispatch for medical alarms uh, for, you know, like the um, life alert type stuff. Mm-hmm. But at first, I always wanted to be in the medical field too, which is interesting, more with a money mindset. My I grew up in a, in a single parent household and my mom just wanted me to go somewhere that was going to be a steady check, <laughs> you know, going to be yeah. a steady income. Um, but also I loved people. And that's something that I, I really kind of took from what you just shared too, is you loved people and you wanted to help them. And then in pursuing that, you realized that you could help them even more kind of a different route. And like you're doing, you're a realtor now, which is awesome. But also I think you're kind of developing into this big time coach, you know, specifically for um, like first responders. Yeah, absolutely. That's really the avenue that I'm taking right now and and taking a leap into is that coaching. And it really just comes from the experience that I have. Not a lot of people um, can see that new perspective. And and I was in it. I was in a very, you know, dark place of just like, how the am I going to get like through life right now? Like this sucks. And quality of life was not good. And and you have people that are, you know, making decisions that are out of your realm and out of your own control. And so how are you going to react to that? And I think it really comes back to, you know, a lot of people don't understand how many suicides that we're seeing in our first responders because of the things that they do, the things that they see. And it's the stigma. It's the, we don't talk about it. We shove it down. We don't have any healthy way to actually relieve it. It's alcohol, it's opioids, it's, you know, um, sex, porn, all of these unhealthy ways. And so a lot of times, you know, not only through my podcast, but I do a second one with first responders specifically, but what I'm realizing is that it's not just first responders that endure this. They do endure it at a higher level and a higher rate because of what they're seeing on the day to day. But when we really break it down, it's a human nature thing. It it is something that every profession, every title, every human endures. And it is 
feeling alone, feeling like nobody else has ever gone through what you have done. They need a new perspective. They need a new way to look at things. They need a broader, you know, um, viewpoint. And that's what I am. I'm that bigger viewpoint, kind of like the bird above the wild, you know, forest and, and giving them things that they can't quite see in those moments and, and being that, you know, light for them to be able to get through it, whatever that is and, and come out on that other side and see that growth of them. Yeah. I absolutely love that perspective shift of it's not just like a certain career. It's, it's a human nature thing that we all experience. And then those other things, you know, alcohol, drugs, whatever, it's like an avoidance or uh, uh, just dodging what our real life actually is. You know, yeah. uh, I went to kind of a big conference a few weekends ago and something I learned was just that we have to really face our demons in order to grow. Mm-hmm. And we have to like, not just face it, but like get to know it better than it knows us and then be able to beat it in competition basically. Like, and it's a daily battle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to ask, cause in your experiences, you know, you've, seen some crazy stuff, unimaginable for most people, right? And then everyone that you're helping, especially in first responders and stuff, they've seen those things too. It could be, I could see it being challenging to be upbeat and stay upbeat, right? And that's kind of this, the point of this podcast is like mindset shift, how to be upbeat through those challenging times, how to not let it get to you, how to not let it haunt you, you know? So what, what I guess, tips or tactics do you have that is around that, you know, just trying to stay optimistic and push through adversity? I think, um, you know, and this has been kind of a new mindset that I'm really grasping onto is like, we're kind of the liaison between us and God. Like we can't control these outcomes to, to every extent. A lot of times we take it very personal when we do have a death or we do have something go array. Um, we, we take it very personal of what could we have done better? How could we have saved them? What is going on? You know, I, I think that shift of, of not taking it personal, we train, we have experience, we lean on leadership for these, you know, um, these calls, but we do take it on ourselves. So really, you know, shifting and knowing, like if we're training, if we're having this experience, then, you know, we can only do as much as, um, you know, God is going to allow us to do. And when it's people's time, it's people's time. Um, And with that, you have to realize like, we are not invincible to that either. So what is it that you want to do outside of your career and really make an impact with people? And why is it that we're waiting for so long to start a business or go on a vacation or do all these things? And I understand that money is very tight on the first responder you know, realm. People are not getting paid what they deserve to be getting paid. And you know, that's really where my knowledge comes in and, and, you know, taking that step and being that voice for our first responders to our commissioners, our legislation, because if they don't know what we're going through and they don't know what we're enduring, then they don't know how to support us. And so it is us that has to speak up and, and tell them what our needs are and tell them what, how it truly is. Because for so long, it's like, we don't talk about it. We don't talk about the hard things. Just like you said, alcohol, drugs, like that's a deflection. Like we're not consuming the actual challenge. And so we have to face those challenging moments. When you have a hard call, you have to face those feelings. And that's what it really comes down to is the feelings and emotions that we have tied to these calls. And how do we, how do we regulate that? 
you know, Gallo's humor is something that we definitely keep upbeat in um, the first responder realm where it's like, we say some, like we see some really tragic things, but we also say some really raunchy things. And it is a way for us to get, you know, kind of over the incident because we're going to something else right afterwards. Like we could be going to a suicide where, you know, um, we've seen a death, we've seen brain matter, we've seen all this blood and guts. And, and typically it's not that that bothers us. It's the story behind that. It's what happened, what what took that person to be at this point? Who are these people impacted? Look at the people that are around that are wishing that they're still here. So those are the things that we get tied to. And so, you know, coming back to like, how do you stay upbeat about it is you have to be and put yourself in those positive realms. Being first responders, you typically work with the bottom 10% of society. And that's a lot of negativity. That's a lot of, you know, harsh environments and in toxic environments. And so outside of the career, you have to, you have to be able to treat yourself to, you know, what your needs are, refilling your cup and being able to continue that bandwidth of your own personal emotion so that you can continue in the career. Love that. And there's two like specific things I really want to touch on. One, you brought up a, a couple of times, God and faith. And I guess, do you have an experience where maybe faith in God kind of helped you through a hard time? I would say just in like the last several months, I've really, you know, tapped back into kind of my spirituality. There's things that, you know, I would say that like in the medical field, you just couldn't explain, you know, there was, there was no rhyme or reason. There was no, you know, definitive. It was supposed to go one way and it completely went the other way. And so that at the moment, you know, I can't remember a specific call right at the second, but all you can think of is like, there's a higher power than us. Like I, I didn't do that. I, I had the tools and I had, you know, the things that I could help provide them. But at the end of the day, it wasn't me that did this. Like that's our ego talking. Um, And I think, you know, even just recently, like you have to, you have to put into the faith part versus the fear. And there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear when you are walking into homes and you are afraid that somebody could be around the corner or what are people going to do to you in the medical side? I didn't care anything, right? There was multiple times I was trying, like people were trying to attack me. I had to be able to protect myself. My partners had to be able to protect me and I had to protect them. And um, so you really do have to just lean into that faith base and know that, you know, you, like I said, you're just that liaison. You can't change anything. Um, You can, you can provide, but even when we give the medications, that's still not going to necessarily keep somebody here on earth. It's kind of that lesson of just focus on what we can control, you know, mm-hmm. but as far as the overall, you know, God's will type thing, it's going to happen how it's going to happen. And we can only yeah. do our part. I yeah. really love that. So thanks for sharing. And yeah. just to kind of open up a little bit, I'm going through some of that right now, just because uh, my grandma, she's in the hospital right now. And uh, they, it's a neuro thing and they're looking at her brain. They have uh, two things. They think it could be a traumatic fall or something that caused the bleeding in her brain Mm. or it was an aneurysm and they're leaning towards it being some kind of an aneurysm. And so it's just to go back to what you said about how things happen in the medical field, you just can't explain. We've been thinking she has bleeding in the brain from her falls but really it was because of her fall and going to the hospital that they were able to catch an aneurysm. 
And so it's kind of one of those silver lining, sweet and tender mercy, just however you want to look at it, something incredible that, you know, we couldn't control that timing at all, but thankfully, you know, she's there and they caught that. Yeah, absolutely. And I will touch on, you know, one of the biggest struggles that we face is, you know, your grandma, for example, she, you know, we had called from 911 to go out to her house. She's acting different. She's fallen something, right? We then take her to the hospital. And typically that's where it ends for us. We don't have closure. And so what happens is that then we make this story up in our heads of, you know, did they live? Did they not? What's happening? And and you try to search for those things and try to search for the closure. Um, some hospitals are getting a lot better in, in keeping, you know, them informed, um, but it's still very difficult at that same time. And so you just really have to, you know, know that like you're just supposed to be in their life for a very short stint. You have to do the best that you can in that those situations and and give that off to somebody else to continue that care. Um, and so, you know, I'm I definitely can understand your um, you know, kind of I'm gonna say frustration too of like not knowing sometimes of like, is it the aneurysm? Is it the fall that made, you know, the bleed? Like that's very common as well. And sometimes we just don't have all of the answers. Yeah. And even at the top, you know, nothing against the surgeons or anyone that's there, but just with the imaging that they have, they're trying to make their best call, but there's not a guarantee, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's a stressful thing to be in, but it's just a part of life. And I'm thankful for just the eye-opening experience, at least that it, that it is right now for me and for my family and trying to be upbeat through the, (laughs) through the situation. Um, yeah. But the other thing I wanted to touch on uh, from back when you, what, with what you were sharing was uh, working with the, the bottom 10%. How big of a role do you think money plays in, you know, people's happiness, depression, addictions, you know, how far they get down to a point of not wanting to be here anymore? I'd love to hear your thoughts on on how money plays a role in in those cases. Yeah, I think it's very significant for sure. Um, I wouldn't always say that it is tied with uh, people's happiness, um, but I would say that I've, you know, I've seen so many people that they get money and the first thing that they go to is drugs. Um, they continue to need that high. They continue to need um, that that support because that's all they know. That was maybe what you know they were around seeing homeless, seeing people, you know, that are not taking care of their health, um, continuing, I mean, hoarders, uh, you, I mean, there was people that you would walk in and they were so happy and their houses are literally filled to the ceilings of just stuff. And so there's so much more expansion than like what the bottom 10% of society really looks like. And it can be, you know, really hard because they look like average people. You know, a lot of people, hoarders, overweight, um, you know, people with so many medical problems that they don't want to take control of. And so now they're missing their medications. And now that we're seeing them for the 10th time, you know, um, it's terrible. It, it, I would say more than money, it comes down to people actually being aware of what they're living like, their quality of life and what they're doing about it. That self-awareness piece, that accountability um, there is just, they lack that. They, they truly lack that. They were maybe never, you know, taught that they were maybe, you know, have the victim card of, you know, well, this is how I was raised. 
Um, this is all I know. It's like, if that's all you know, then then put yourself in situations where you want to learn. Put yourself in situation where you want to grow. But it's so much easier, right? We really do hate hard things in life. So it's so much easier to go the easy route, the least resistance, and that's to just, you know, scum to doing nothing. And and that's, I see, where the bottom 10% of society is more than, I would say, technically money. Awesome. Yeah, I just saw it. On the podcast, I've interviewed two former felons, two former prisoners uh, who shared their stories. And one thing they both said is that we're all in our own prisons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can't, I mean, some people go to jail, like actually, but we're all in our own jails. And that's kind of what I was thinking as you were sharing that is we resort to those things in trial rather than face them and, and try to move forward or take that extra step. Cause like you said, it's harder to do that. It's much easier to do what we've always been used to. Uh, I actually was just thinking of this yesterday. I was out getting gas and there's a guy in front of me. He just looks super sad and he was buying, you know, a ton of alcohol, cigarettes, chewing tobacco and like 60 bucks in gas and a lottery ticket. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of money to spend just like like that at the gas station, and you know what? That's probably his routine. Like mm-hmm. he probably gets a paycheck and then buys that, and then just you know, it's a cycle of of our own internal prisons that we face. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. That brings a lot of good perspective. So yeah, the other thing I was just going to ask is for someone who's like trying to build a side hustle, right? For entrepreneurs, I love this. I love getting into this because that's part of what Upbeat is too, is helping creators and side hustlers, entrepreneurs. We face a lot of challenges too, just um, with mental health and, you know, wanting to follow our passions, but feeling like we just get stuck at every turn. What, I guess, advice do you have for entrepreneurs who haven't made it yet. They're just thinking about like starting their thing or leaving their nine to five job or whatever. Um, I think the first thing is that you just have to start. Uh, the biggest debilitation is, is perfection. And um, you have to start somewhere. We talked about this right before we started getting, you know, recording is you learn, you learn along the way. And so if you think that you're going to have this master plan and everything figured out before you know you start, I'm here to tell you it's going to get f***ed up like one way or <laughs> the other. And so why don't you just start? And when those you know barriers come into your life, you navigate them. And we don't always know what those barriers are going to be. It may be you know, people continuously telling us no or people continuously telling us you shouldn't do that. Those are critics. Those are barriers. Those are people that want to, you know, uh, limit you. And so with that, I mean, I think that really comes down to your mental health as well is knowing that you're going to get told no more times than you get told yes. It's not just going to get, you know, you go out like um, I think of this in in applying for speaking gigs, um, going out and applying for speaking gigs, I'm going to get turned down more times than I'm going to get accepted. However, each time I learn and I ask them, what did you see? You know, what could I have done better? Oh, it just was, you know, something on there and wasn't right. Cool. So I'm doing the right things. I'm putting myself out there. I'm getting to be seen. And that's what you have to do. And that really is what comes back to my podcast is being raw, being real, authentic and willing to share. 
We have to be able to tell people what our dreams are. We have to be able to tell people what we're working on. This whole like, don't tell anybody until you make it is bullshit because when you actually tell people what you're striving for, you then find support from them. Great example, Matt Schneider, the one, you know, that the event that you and I met at, I had, you know, recorded with him. First of all, I just reached out to him on Facebook and I was like, hey, great topic. Come on to my podcast, right? Like you have to take that 10 seconds of courage and just freaking go for it. Like, and if they say no, move on. Like, it's fine. Just, you know, like it, it wasn't meant for you. There's something else out there that is. And so don't let that debilitate you. Now, I know this can be very hard because, you know, it comes back and you're like, gosh, like nothing seems to be working out. And it's like, if you continue your habits, if you continue every single day to do a little piece, a little tiny piece of what your dreams are, you're going to get there. I think so many people with entrepreneurship and making it want it to be an overnight process. They want to say, I started and now I made it. It is a process. It is understanding and loving every level that you're at. And with doing that, there is gratitude and you give yourself grace and you show yourself the grit, like three things that I teach in my personal coaching, because that is how you enjoy every single step of it. And so when you make that next step, you're ready for it. You're ready for the challenges again. You're ready to face like, okay, what are the barriers? I'm ready for you. Like, I know that God just like leveled me up right in a video game and and (laughs) things are going to get harder. Things don't get easier the more that you grow in entrepreneurship because the more you grow, the more you learn, the more you're expanding, but also the more you get challenged, the more critics you have coming in, the more people from the outside telling you, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. No, this isn't the right thing. You have to be able to know in your own heart and your own gut that that's what you want to do. And if that's what you want to do, you will find a way. You will figure it out. There may be years. There may be big gaps in between what you're wanting to do. But if you continue to do it and you really have a strong feeling for it, then freaking go for it. Awesome. I feel like uh, this is a good time to advise the listeners to rewind it like three to five minutes and then take notes. <laughs> Just listen, listen to that again because it's really impactful. You know, like that's that was like a little master class, like a little peek into the coaching and stuff that you do. So thanks for sharing that with this audience. Yeah, absolutely. And I and think that, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, that comes back to same thing, not just entrepreneurs that comes back to, you know, moms that comes back to people that have all these titles that hold their identity into that. And we lose sight of like, we want to make it. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Like, and what's going to happen when you get there? You're just going to stop everything? Like, what does that actually mean when you make it? Like, my perspective of success and failure is completely different than yours. And success and failure are just illusions because it's like, I could tell you that I am very successful and I am, you know, this and, and I take my failures as learning curves and, and learning how to get over those barriers. But somebody else is going to say, well, you're not successful because you're not at such and such followers or you don't have, you know, such and such subscribers or sponsors or whatever. It's like, but I'm not there yet. I've had to face all of these other 
you know, variables in my business and in my entrepreneurship before I can get to that next step. I'm just not there yet. That's what I'm striving for. Do you have knowledge in that? Please help me. Like that's where we get to ask for people for help. Like that's those tiny things that we want to say like, oh, well, I'll just do it myself or I don't want to burden people or, oh, they're, they're, you know, way more successful than me. They don't want to help me. That's bullshit. Those are limiting beliefs that we're putting on ourselves. I can't tell you how many people reach out to me and say, I want to start a podcast. I'm like, cool, let's do it. Like, what do you, what do you need from me? Like, I've obviously, you know, had the courage of starting it and continuing it. And in, you know, the top 1% of podcasters that are continuing to podcast. And so I want to be able to give them the knowledge. Like it doesn't help me just being in my own brain. That doesn't help me at all. So how can I help other people? Well, sharing that information. Exactly. It's kind of that like collaboration over competition mindset, which I fully embrace. I think, you know, life is better if we're all, you know, growing and all helping each other grow. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a speaker, his name's Kenyon Salo. He was on my podcast years ago, (laughs) back in version one of the podcast. But he says something um, that really impacted me, which is, living life upbeat is sharing your story and like being able to share your story. Right. But -hmm. living a life fulfilled is when you hear the full circle moments, like when your story has impacted other people to share their stories and grow and do their things. So the more that we put out, the more we're living like the way we're called to, but the more we hear how it helped is the more that we're fulfilled. Absolutely. And, And that's above money. That's above anything. And so it's, and your podcasts, especially, I mean, we don't get as into the nitty gritty on this podcast, but yours being raw thoughts and getting down right to the core of what happened. There's not an analytics in your dashboard that's going to tell you about a life you saved, Mm, but it happens, you know, and you probably impacted a lot of people. Yeah. I've had, you know, um, several people that have, um, one was recently just in my coaching call. Um, and, and another, you know, was a team. Those are very specific ones that stand out to me, um, because they reached out to me and and told me what had occurred. And when that happens, all I can think is I have to keep doing this. I have to keep saving these people. I, I thought, you know, this was a thought that came to me like last week. I was like, I thought I was saving lives being a paramedic, but like, I actually didn't really save anybody's life. Like I was there, you know, I couldn't really make it. I I made an impact of the time that I was with them, but like these people are wanting to get help. These people are wanting to make a change. And those are the people that I'm wanting to help and literally save their lives. And I think that's the fulfilling part is sometimes I don't know, you know, how many people I impact. Um, It's always a surprise, especially from growing up here in Idaho and in our area and I'll be out somewhere and people are like, oh my gosh, that podcast, like with this person and that, I'm like, wait, you listen? And like every week. And I'm like, what? Like, how come you don't like, how come you don't share that? You know, but it, it's just, I think people get really scared and I think people get really afraid to be like, I, I listen or, or, you know, they get caught up in their busy lives. And so I know you know, by the analytics that things are growing and things are, you know, people are listening and, and 
and like I said, just communication out in the community. Um, and it just gives me that, that fulfillment for me. It's like, I have to keep doing this. Like, and if I don't, then that means I'm letting lives die out there. And I, I just, my consciousness cannot have that. Yeah. It's kind of like you're leaving people hanging, you know, like when you could be helping them Yeah, and, and it's not, I mean, it's a lot of work to kind of get everything under wraps, but once you're up and running with a podcast, it's mainly just the will to keep, to keep doing it. Um, and I saw you, I saw your post about being at a halftime show and like sponsoring and, and like helping out with like suicide, I think, uh, teen suicide awareness for like high schools and you're doing big things in the community. I guess, what are some, what are some of your next steps and big things in the community? And then outside of that, do you want to take the podcast bigger than our community? So big things are happening in our community. Definitely a lot of support within our first responders and also our teens. Um, I think, you know, every realm of, of life um, deserves to be here. I ended up having a connection. I, I live my life off of connections. And so I had actually had um, a connection from real estate and, and with this high school uh, football team. So this was my second year that I sponsored them. Um, and uh, promoting to see kids succeed. So we raised money. Um, the money actually went straight back into Canning County kids for teen suicide prevention. There was some infographics that have been made. There's some paneling that they've been doing, um, kind of like podcast why, uh, where the kids come in and tell the parents what they need, um, so that these things, uh, you know, don't occur. Um, within our community as well, definitely taking a big step within our first responders, I do a second podcast that's behind paid walls with Mindbase. They're a company out of Utah that um, gets integrated into the CAD systems. Um, Idaho State Police is the first one in Idaho to actually purchase this. So my, I have a, um, a, a separate recording basically that goes into that where, um, you know, that is the number one thing searched in the app, which is really amazing. Um, so getting a lot more of our agencies, these tools, the accessibility for their mental health. Um, I think a lot of people can talk about it and, and bring awareness to it, but what are we actually doing in actionable items for that? Um, we have an event coming up in February where uh, PTSD 911, it is a documentary on first responders mental health. Um, They're going to be coming from the East Coast here. Uh, so doing, um, hoping to get, you know, a lot of our community members, our commissioners, our city council, our mayor, um, different people in legislation that can make a difference in these people's lives. I think one of the things that they, they just don't know, they don't know what they actually endure. They, they see, you know, oh, they're sitting on the couch or they're not doing anything. It's like, well, did you actually know they were up all freaking night going from call to call to call or, um, you know, what's happening in our community? Our community is growing. And so that means our first responders have to grow. Are we are we up to speed with that? Um, so that's a lot of the stuff that I'm doing within our community. Um, I would love to take it bigger. I just don't know exactly what that looks like yet. Um, the podcast is global. So it's really wonderful knowing that there's listeners in UK, there's listeners in Mexico, there's listeners in Europe. Like there's a lot of different places that are getting a hold of this. Um, and, and that's my dream, you know, continue to let people share their stories. Um, I, you know, one of my biggest dreams is like, I want to be the modern day Oprah. Like if you could take <laughs> Oprah, 
Mel Robbins, Joe Rogan, Gary Vee, and smash them all together, you get McKinsey Tiggs. <laughs> um, and so that's really where, you know, my goal is, is, is to keep going with it and see how many more lives can I impact and what can I do and that, you know, the coaching, I have clients out of Arizona and Texas, um, first responders and non-first responders. And so it's really, you know, just seeing where the opportunities are, taking them, saying yes. And if they don't feel right, then saying no. And, and knowing that there's a different opportunity out there for me. Yeah, there's always something. And I love too what you said earlier about uh, the kids being able to talk with their parents about what they need. Communication is a big part of all of this. Just, yeah. And unfortunately, we live in, in a society where uh, communicating about it is like, you want to say it's accepted, but people don't do it. They don't feel like they could can talk about it. So you're helping yeah. in, in a lot of ways. Uh, so thanks for everything that you do. And I wanted to just ask kind of one more thing about you and your story, but um, has there been, well, there obviously has been times, but was there like a pivotal moment or like a rock bottom moment that like pivoted you into the course that you're on now to make all these, make all this impact? You know, I think I've always been, um, you know, from a young age, wanting to impact people. Um, the, it, it's just always been in different realms. There definitely, when I started the podcast, I was going through a pretty bad breakup. Um, and I would say the first year of podcasting was what helped me get through. I had other people, you know, um, kind of counting on me. And so I didn't get to sit and, and have this pity party or, you know, be super, um, in a dark place. Now there are days where, you know, I struggle. I, I take antidepressants I have for many years. Um, it's something that I know that I have to take. And, um, you know, it is, it's one of those things where I don't feel like I've ever had this full rock bottom, but there's been a lot of darknesses and you have to pivot, you have to adapt. And if you don't, that's where you start getting consumed for more and more darkness around you. Um, and so that's where, you know, I really do think opening up and, and telling people like what you're going through and how hard it is so that you don't fall to that rock bottom. Um, I personally have never, you know, I get asked this a lot, like if I have personally thought of suicide or had an encounter with it, I haven't. Um, I have just been around it enough. I understand and I see people and their uniqueness and how much that they, you know, deserve to be on this earth. And it just breaks my heart when, when they personally don't think that same thing. Um, and that's what ends up consuming them. Yeah. Like I said earlier, the fight against the demon, your inner demons, you know, you have to get to know them. Otherwise they'll steamroll us, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we've got to be able to over, overcome that. Um, thanks for sharing that part of your story. And um, we'll talk about it more on your podcast. So I'll, yeah. I'll send the send upbeat listeners that way. But I have a story of, of dealing with depression and stuff too. And, uh, upbeat just, I, I haven't really said this on like a solo episode yet or anything for this season of, of upbeat, but it's largely a reminder that I need. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of a cool lesson there that oftentimes we might look at people as like these experts, um, or like they're somehow more qualified, but really like 
oftentimes people are just kind of putting out there what they they need to help them and if it helps other people then great you know Uh, and that's upbeat for me you know I'm that side hustler who feels stuck all the time I'm that you know guy who needs the the upbeat reminder now and again so that's why I do this and I resonate a lot with what you said so thanks for that yeah absolutely I have a question do you ever just like beatbox it out like to get yourself upbeat like yeah, you know, I need to more, but definitely when I was a little kid, I did. I was that kid in school that just did not want to pay attention. And anytime <laughs> I felt sad, I just would go walk around the block and beatbox. And um, it does come in handy um, to just kind of beatbox when I when I feel down. One thing kind of totally a different side note, but one thing beatboxing helps me with is remembering people's names. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so when I hear someone's name and I'm like, oh, I'm going to forget that in my head, I kind of like, you know, beatbox it out a little bit. Like with you, it'd be like, I'd meet you. I'd meet get your name. In fact, I did this when we talked um, at the concert after the event. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. remember what concert it was, but we met at a concert or outside of the rodeo or something. Yeah. Outside um, of the stampede. Yeah. So you said your name. Um and I was like, in my head, nobody knew what happened. In my head, I was just like, Mackenzie Tiggs. And so I got to, it just like helped remember the name a little bit. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. I love it. I really do. I was going to ask you if you would beatbox my name. So I'm glad that you just did that. I could do a better one. It might be good too, just to have it as kind of like an intro outro thing or a social media clip that we could share. So I'll do something real quick. Okay. Will you have it like my name, like McKinsey Chicks with Raw Dots Podcast? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Okay. Mackenzie Tiggs with the Raw Thoughts Podcast. Awesome. Oh, I love it. I love it. That may be my new intro for my podcast. Hey, yeah, I definitely could create one too if that's not if that's not it. <laughs> but yeah, you could definitely make that. That's cool. Well, I appreciate uh, you taking time to be on Upbeat. And uh, uh, is there anything else that you'd want to share before we kind of wrap things up? No, I think it's definitely, you know, all that we've talked about has been, you know, some parts are heavy, some parts are dark, but um, I I really just encourage people to have that raw communication. Um, Let people know what you need. Let people know that you love them. Let people know that you're thankful for them in your life. Um, I think when we are servants ourselves, we are able to receive so much more. um, And that really keeps me upbeat. That keeps, you know, me in a headspace of being able to give. And when you give you get to you know receive as well so that's all i got but i really appreciate you having me on and and getting to talk with you yeah well thanks a bunch mackenzie yes thanks parker subscribe at parkercane.co